You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. All magic comes with a price. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to a special Once Upon a Time official convention edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Sunday, October 29th, 2017, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. Tonight, we are doing something very different. We are delivering directly to you audio recorded at Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time Official Convention 2017 in Whippany, New Jersey. Please welcome my co-host, Jenna Pace. Hi, everybody. It's time for our sixth podcast featuring the sixth panel that we will be showcasing uh, throughout these special editions of uh, Storybook Weekly Mirror, focusing on the Once Upon a Time official convention 2017. Jenna, what's our sixth panel? Our sixth panel is something pretty special. It's a kind of a wild crew. It's um, done by Lee Ehrenberg, who plays Grumpy, Michael Coleman, who plays Happy, Chris Gauthier, who plays Smee, and Gil McKinney, who plays Prince Eric. It was just a really nice to see all these four stars interacting with each other, asking all sort, answering all sorts of questions. So yeah, I hope you listeners have a really cool, really fun time listening to these. All right. So before we start our special Once Upon a Time official convention edition, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppychularadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio 
and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. Uh, when I got the part, I think I was on a plane the next day to go up and shoot the pilot. So yeah, like literally it was that fast. So, but I find the audition process, like as I get older and the business, it becomes, you know, you, you, you have to check out mentally to do it. You have to believe in kind of what your choices are that you're making for the character and then just go for it and kind of not worry about the outcome. When you start thinking about the outcome in life, then it, it tends to mess up your effort. So you just try hard, do your best, be friendly, be someone they want to hang out with on the set, and hope you get lucky. Thanks. Thank you. Sam and Dean's paternal uh, grandfather from 1958, if you, if you haven't watched the show. So it was like flashbacks and time travel. Um, you know, uh, wardrobe helps, I find, with a character like that. Like uh, when they, you know, cut my hair and slip it to the side and, and put me in this blue suit. And uh, I listen to a lot of music from that era in my trailer and just try to kind of get in, into that. Um, into that vibe, but uh, when building the character, I really just thought about my two grandfathers, and I kind of like a little bit of both of them into Henry Winchester. And uh, as far as Prince Eric goes, I mean, you know, I'd seen The Little Mermaid countless times, um, and not recently or anything. <laughs> I don't watch it that often. Uh, <laughs> but I'd seen, obviously I'd seen Little Mermaid, and uh, so I kind of had some, a, a jumping off point, so to speak. But they, they were like, you know, don't, don't try to do the character from the movie, just be less than you did in the audition, just come and, and be yourself and have fun. And, uh, and the wardrobe for that one, I, I don't know if that helped me or, uh, as much as Henry Winchester, but I don't know, you tell me. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was I think, a, a little bit daunting playing Prince Eric, because I knew what that character was. When I, when I, when I took on uh, Henry Winchester, it wasn't, I didn't really get an idea of how big of uh, a role that was to the fandom until much later. So, um, I knew it was big shoes to fill in both, both characters. So. Thank you. Hi. Where and how much can I buy your CD? Where can I buy your CD? Where, where and how much? Yeah. I love you. Uh, <laughs> actually, since you asked, um, I'm going to be in the vendor room today at 5.30 with, uh, with copies to sell for 20 bucks, and I'm going to sign them. He's so a really good singer. I, I probably should have brought more than I did, but I'll be out there. So uh, if you want my, if you want to check out an EP that I released a couple months ago, I'll have actual CDs with me. Other than that, if you're not into actual physical copies, you can download it on iTunes or uh, anywhere anywhere that the music is streamed. And uh, you can order physical copies at cdbaby.com. <laughs> so there you go. I did not ask her to ask me that question, I promise. But I love it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now. Thank you.
if you could take something home from the set, what would you take? Joanna. <laughs> no, it's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. Yeah. She's married, I'm married. It's inappropriate. Uh, I want Colin's new car. Oh my god. I like that Chevelle. I'd be driving that home right now. That's what I'm taking. Is this his car or his character's car? Oh, it's character's car from the new season. What year? It's a 68 Chevelle. Like one of my dream cars. Yeah, it's a really nice car. What color? I want to take blue. Right? That's one of, one of my dream cars. Beautiful lines on that. No, I don't think so. I would take Robert Carlyle's paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Even just the scrapings. Are you a gold team? I would take home Spinks too. I, I, uh, beanies. I, I know it's not much, but it's, it's sentimental to me. And I would love, I would love to have it. Oh, that's cool. That's it. I'm a, I'm a man of simple pleasures. Okay. I would take home that uh, Kate Winslet sweater and burn it. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Tommy, come on, really? Favorite fairy tale. I mean, you know what? I mean, I believe in, uh, I think my favorite fairy tale is probably Star Wars. <laughs> you know, something like that. A little more modern. I like the modern twist on it. Love to see those characters come into Once Upon a Time. Darth Vader takes on Lana. You know, seeing between Captain Hook and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hook versus lightsaber. Robert and Darth Vader doing the death choke to each other. <laughs> Everyone catering each other. Uh, but there's something, you know, in the fairy tale, to me, it's the, the hero's journey. The hero has to go through a change and learn something about themselves. There has to be a bit of a morality, a, t a tale, and a, a twist in the tale. And that's, uh, you know, I think in that way, I really appreciate what the Star Wars as a modern fairy tale has brought for all of us. I mean, but in the classic sense, I mean, in a way, they're all good. Hansel and Gretel, I find real scary. Yeah, grim, grim fairy tales for me, yeah, for sure. They're dark. Just that macabre kind of like. Well, just load the kids in the oven. I mean, yeah. it's like, listen, there was no YouTube back then, right? So to like educate your kids on the dangers of like going out in the forest alone, it's gonna be a wolf eating you. It's gonna be a witch loading you in an oven. It's like it's not much better today. Uh, I, I want to see the Princess Bride is my favorite. I'm, I'm probably going to say uh, more recently uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I guess it qualifies as a fairy tale. More of Gil's family in the You just say Game of Thrones and they scream. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Tommy. I hope that answers it. Hi. Um, Hi. As we know, Jennifer Hudson is doing a lot of directing now. Well, that's easy. This is for all of you. If she was to cast, what, what do you think she'd cast, cast each of you as? In general, like out of everything in the world? Yes. Whoa. I would like to do uh, like a Blues Brother or just any kind of Belushi kind of. 
thing for me. I think that kind of like charisma, the rocky, the jammy, the the funny, the acerbic, like all of that. So and anything kind of illusionary for me. Funny? No, funny. No, funny. This is very serious. Yes, funny, funny too. That's a tough question to answer, right? Because it's like you don't want to hope that she challenges you artistically. Gives you something that you know you can pull off, so it's not too much effort to like kind of find the character. But um, I mean, I think she chooses interesting and challenging material. So if you could slide into any good slot in one of her flicks, it would be fun to work with her. You know, she's super talented, obviously, and very, very smart and very astute. So yeah, I, mean, I think sometimes as an actor, we the way we see ourselves doesn't matter. It only matters how the the people that'll cast you are. I like to say, you know, it never even matters what the uh, actor's thinking when he's acting. It only matters what the audience thinks the actor's thinking, right? So it's whatever you guys see in us, that's what you believe is our truth in, in the character. So in the same way when you get cast, you just kind of hope they see some good aspect of you or something that's fun. I, mean, I always like to be funny, a little bit tough, a little bit sweet. So anything like that would work for me too. Uh, like Magic Mike 3. She, I think she'd enjoy it. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I'll, I'll ask her. You enjoy it. Come down, Game of Thrones. Um, probably craft services. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but guess about your Fritos. <laughs> um, you make a mean breakfast burrito, buddy. Do you need any cashews? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Right? 
playing another dwarf where I had to eat like 10 chickens. Like it's a scene where there's a whole conversation going and my character is just like, he's just wah, 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 wah. Oh boy, that dwarf can eat, you know, that's the line. So it was literally like, they would bring out a tray of like 400 chickens and I'm just supposed to go nuts on it. And you, you had a spit on it. You had to. I know. I mean, I know. So that's how they, I mean, that's the secret of the business. It's like, oh God, the guy's gonna actually pretend to chew and then he's gonna fill this bucket up with half eaten chicken. Yeah. Don't, don't, eat, don't eat the spit bucket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good point. Or just make sure you're on a kind of paleo or Atkins diet. You know, then you're in just pure meat. It's okay. But for me, the gag was that he came up and he said, don't eat all of our, all the stuff that we're bringing to this place. So I had to, I had to establish the fact that I was munching down on this stuff. It was my own, it was my own foolishness. Were they I good pastry? Was really. it good pastry? It was delicious. I hate it now, though. I hate it now. <laughs> Um, so that was just funny for the crew, and not for me, by the way. Uh, yeah, there's so many moments, so many funny, funny moments on the set, because I was there for so long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like Chris, I, you know, I wasn't there, I wasn't there that much, so I, you know, wanted to do a good job and be on my best behavior. The, the, I guess the funniest thing that happened was the last time I went up, this past season, I went up and, uh, it'd been a couple years, or, and, uh, so I went to the, to the studio and went into wardrobe to be fitted for my wardrobe, thinking that they would have something new for me. I don't know why. No, they had the same outfit from a couple years ago. And so I go in there and I try to put the, uh, the pleather pants on. And I don't know why, they just didn't, they didn't fit. I was trying to get them up. And I gave it one last heave-ho and just blew out the crotch. Just, just destroyed the crotch. We all have the same. Obviously, it was the crotch. Anyway, again, it's um, people laughing at us and not us having fun with people. Yeah. So then the, the wardrobe uh, girl came. She's like, are, "Are you okay in there?" And I'm like, "Uh, no." So she comes in. She's like, "Oh, mm, no, that's that's not gonna work now, is it?" And then uh, Eduardo is that his name? Eduardo came running. I'll help. <laughs> Try these on. <laughs> anyway, they probably get new pants, and uh, everything was fine after that. But, yeah. Funny how most of the funniest days are laughs at our expense. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Did you? Did you say that? Yeah, I just said I'm always. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Hi, my name is Abby. Um, I asked this question Hi, to Abby yesterday. Um, and I met a few of you guys, uh, but I wanted to know, um, I'm a musician, so I was wondering if you had any advice for someone who's trying to get into uh, the music business. You play the drums, right? That's cool. And guitar, and, and what else? And bass. And bass. All at the same time. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> then YouTube, if that's the case. Definitely YouTube. If you do it all at the same time, YouTube. <laughs> I think our hard work, again, um, that's my advice to non-musicians. You all might have. Great on insight, but I think just just doing you and, and doing it really well. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, I hate saying this, but practice, practice, practice. Like musicians, it's music is it's a it's a really competitive industry. And uh, if you're a drummer and you want to be a drummer, I mean, I think it's great you play a, a lot of instruments, but like pick that one that you love the most and just grind that one thing and do that and have that be your passion. You know. Um, yeah, just hard work, and then hopefully you can fall in with some other great musicians and start a band and start making your own music. I mean, you just have to do it. 
Good luck to you. Yeah, totally. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, anything, anything in the arts is all about kind of like believing in yourself uh, to, to make others believe in you. So it's just a matter of kind of having to go for it, but you got to put the time in so that when they call your bluff, they call your bluff as an actor, a musician, anything like that, that's when you have to be able to. They say that um, talent is consistency under pressure. So make sure you're consistently good and always do your best and try hard. That's, that's a free thing. Effort's, effort's free. Give that away and have a good attitude about it and don't have any expectations. And you, you know, then that's how you just kind of capture it. Thanks. Hi. Oh, hi, I'm Jenna, and I have a question for the entire Wild crew. How do you define true love? <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, that, that, it's like, a, you know, the moment uh, a child is born, a new puppy comes into your house. Um, I mean, true love is the purity where you'll think of others before you think of yourself, right? Um, you, for me, you just know it when you feel it. And that's, for my wife and me, that's exactly, I, I still remember the exact day that I fell in love with her. And we were shooting like, uh, uh, shotguns. <laughs> We were shooting like a, a student film for her school, and I was standing up on the steps at my acting teacher's salon, and then uh, I just looked down at her. Oh! It may not be with guns, but I guess she blew you. It may not be with guns, but I guess she blew you away while you were shooting. It may not have been with guns, but I guess she blew you away while she you were shooting. Away, yeah. I know, I know that both of them very well. And they are probably more in love today than they were. It's absolutely true. true. It's oh. absolutely true. Um, I mean, I. What they said. I mean, sacrifice. You know, you, you, some, somebody that you sacrifice everything for, that you die for. You know, it's true love. My wife, my daughter. Yeah, I feel like it's. Um, like you feel like you're more of a person. Like uh, I feel like a half a person when I'm not with them. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, my podcast. Thank you. I'm not nervous. Love. 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 Love.
You know, I was going to say my father was uh, definitely my, my biggest inspiration in life, um, and still is. Uh, and he also encouraged me to act and, and do what I love. Um, in the acting world, I think there's one actor that just constantly like pops into my head that I've, I've admired for a long time, ever since I was a kid, and I still to this day admire him. Michael is uh, none of these guys. Um, no, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably say Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah. I admire his career, and uh, Forrest Gump is probably one of my favorite characters of all time, and uh, yeah. I've always been a massive fan of, um, of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, he was amazing and not too soon. He played everything from a complete schlub to, um, like in The Talented Mr. Ripley, like a, a yuppie, just articulate, uh, manipulative. He, he just ran the gambit, and as, as a bigger actor too, um, you know, there was no, there were slim pickings, uh, no pun intended, uh, in terms of actors that you could look up to. So probably um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and for comedy, I really, really dig on uh, John C. Riley, too. Uh, total phase, total phase. I mean, for me, I had a lot of. You know, I was real lucky. I grew up in you know Hollywood area in Southern California, and um, had a real chance to kind of. Uh, kind of rub, rub elbows with some really successful people. And two of the people that really inspired me when I was young, uh, the first one was Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, who uh, started Apocalypse Now and uh, inspired me and my buddies to make a lot of Vietnam War movies when we were kids. We'd always be like, let's go blow up someone's mailbox and pretend it's Vietnam. But the cast would be like Charlie Sheen and uh, you know Emilio, his brother, and uh, you know, uh, just the, the, the Chad McQueen and all these characters from Malibu. And uh, then when I got to college, my, one of my best friends was uh, Richard Olivier, whose dad was Sir Lawrence Olivier. And I don't know if you guys are too young to know, but he was one of the greatest uh, acting legends. And the most, when I first met him, I was like, oh, Sir Lawrence, so nice to meet you. He's like, call me Larry, dear boy. And I was like, okay, Sir Lawrence. Yeah. Sir Larry? But by the end of uh, by the end of it, he was already in his eighties, and uh, I was over at his house showing him how to use his watch, one of those Casio watches. The most down to earth guy, and I would think that's the most inspirational thing that like you can be, you can be the most successful actor of your generation and still be a regular person, and still have that kind of just be able to have a conversation with the people a butcher or a banker or a thing that's just a regular conversation and and I think that that's the that's a fact. I mean we're lucky to do what we do, but at the end of the day the school teacher, the nurse, the soldier, the first responder, the garbage man's more important than the act than the actor because the actor doesn't like to pick shit up, you know? So we need that we need everyone has a place and you know when that when they need to be entertained, that's when we come in. But I think that's really important to me, that lesson of like how everyone is important, you know, and everyone has a function, right? And the acting is where it's a luxury to be an artist in our society. Thank you. Where do you live? Um, right now I'm in Jersey. Where do you live in Jersey? Um, 
um, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I'm actually, I will, be, I will be singing uh, tonight uh, along with a lot of these guys and uh, Samurai Fish up here uh, tonight. I did a, uh, I did a, well, I've done two shows now in L.A. Um, the first one I did not tell anyone about because um, I just want anybody that I, I know there. Some friends heard about it and did come, but uh, I did a small little show at the Hotel Cafe and then just uh, a week ago, I did uh, I did my own set at, uh, at the Hotel Cafe and told uh, told a lot of friends and family. My mom came out and, uh, and we we did it for all the Kickstarter backers who backed the uh, EP and uh, it was a good time. So to answer your question, at some point probably I'd say you know next year or so, uh, there's a good chance I might come to New York and do a little show somewhere. So Woo! I will I will keep you posted. Thank you. That's that's a tough one for me because honestly, I just want to, I want to play Prince Eric more. You know, I want to like get to do more with that character. But uh, I had to pick another one. It's just charming. Hey. I feel like I can play that role. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, you can. <did> <laughs> uh, yeah, that that would be fun. And uh, I mean, Josh is amazing, but uh, that would be a, a great role to take on. I'd play Rumble for sure. For sure. He's so versatile and scary and loving and everything. Versatility for me is huge and also just being dark is also huge. I really like that. I don't get a, I don't get to play that often enough. So Rumble for me. I would play the evil queen. It seems like that character really, like the Mr. Gold seems really fun. Um, and then to wear the makeup and to kind of play, I like, I like, there's something about like wearing makeup and the costume that transforms you and helps you kind of like become something different. And it's just magical what Robert has done over the years with that character. And uh, I mean, he's a hell of an actor as well, but you know, just the, the, the combination of that costume and that makeup fantastic, right? And that, that's the kind of stuff that's always appealed to me, to get into, to be more about the character than myself. And I think it would be pretty fun to lose yourself into that character for a while. It'd be scary though, yeah. really would. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. My question is for Chris and Lee. Sorry, guys. No problem. Beard, beard boys. I love you. is the coolest though, isn't he? He's, he's rad. You know what, we were lucky, all those captains, if you talk about like Johnny, uh, Jeffrey Rush, or Colin, great guys, generous. Um, I mean, and all three are badass pirates, so it's tough to, you know, I'm, I'm real partial to uh, my Pirates of the Caribbean family. Uh, uh, because there was something so magical about the way we made those movies. Uh, because you know, a lot of times now, in, in with the when we're doing television, a lot of it's on the green screen stage. When we made those movies, we were in the Caribbean on real pirate ships.
20 miles off the out to sea. You know, there was something really magical about it, the wind kind of whipping through your fake hair. Um, and, and the fact that like, um, the one thing I'd say in common with, with both, with all these guys, is that they are very confident in their abilities and they don't take it out on their co-stars. And that generosity of spirit makes for a good captain of any pirate ship. So I think you'd be in great hands either way you, you, you played it. Um, but it's funny because Grumpy and Hook, Hook and Hook doesn't like Grumpy. He's always making faces at me and like, oh, he's never shake my hand. He does one of these every time. <laughs> He'll hug like sneezy or sleepy, but Grumpy, I don't know what it is without me and him. So I think I gotta go Barbosa just for the love. He's got all that, he's got the Caribbean, he's got non-green screens. I've got Colin O'Donoghue. Does he hug you though? He's working on it. <laughs> I've gotten a few hugs. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Tricky. I mean, I, I feel like I've gotten pretty good right now. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a second and think about that. I think my dog has it pretty good. <laughs> he does. I have a big Labradoodle named Walter, and uh, I think Walter's got it pretty good. I just got him a service dog, and you know, so he can fly with me, and uh, that was really fun. I don't know if you ever traveled with a dog, but. My dog is like 60 pounds, and he's about this tall. He's real skinny, but he's big. And uh, I think my dog has it really good. He gets to go to the dog park, he eats well. He doesn't have to do anything if he doesn't want to, just kind of lays around, gets petted. You know, everyone loves him. I think that would be, you could come back as a, a low, well-loved pet. I think you'd be okay. It's like, you know, it wouldn't be too bad, you know? You lay around and get petted every now and again, don't you? I, you know, I used to. <laughs> early days, Gil, early days. Wow. I don't know, like, career-wise, I would, I don't know why this guy jumps in my head. I don't know what he's like as a person or what he's, if he's a happy person or anything like that, but uh, Chris Pine's career, I think, is really cool. Um, he, I love the roles he gets to play. Yeah, he's fantastic. I, I feel like, like, I, I would <laughs> It's, I, I can't because I'm Canadian, but I would love to be your president. I, mean, <laughs> I would love you to be our president. Yeah, <laughs> we that. I think it'd be really, I think it'd be a cool thing to be the leader of the free world. I think it'd be such a crazy thing. That would be uh, such a cool thing to be a leader. Be nice to have happy in the White House. Happy for president. Be a lot more laughing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking along those lines. I was thinking Justin Trudeau, but. Um, who's our Prime Minister in Canada. And then we can hang out. And we can hang out. We can go for coffee, we can talk. You can go to New Mexico, we can do the whole North American thing. Wait, I get, I, get to be, I get to be the President of Mexico? What's wrong with that, Gil? Uh, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, country, dude. I'd rather be Justin Trudeau, I'm just saying. <laughs> he actually looks like Prince Eric. Have you seen that guy? Do. Yeah, he does. You know what, I'll take Mexico. I love Mexico. I love Canada too, and I love America. I mean, we're lucky with the great places, you know. Yes, we, we are lucky. But I don't know if I want that. I don't think I'd want the pressure of being, you know, in politics now. It's too much. Even if you're, even if you're right, you're wrong. Even if you're wrong, you're right. 
Um, yeah, I think it's too confusing and too much pressure. I'm sticking with my dog. Thanks. A lot. It seems fun living in Seattle. I, I'd probably work it. I think I'd be a uh, barista. Is that what they call it? The coffee maker? Yeah. I'd have like Grumpy's Coffee or whatever. All the characters. I'd be like, uh, remember, uh, was it uh, 90210? That. What was the name of that place? The uh, Peach Pit. I would, run, I would run like the Peach Pit for uh, Hyperion Heights. Serve the best espressos. Dude, you wouldn't have a microbrew? Maybe a brewer, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, could be, that could be good. A microbrew. I'd be like a brewer or something like that. Yeah, but somewhere where people come and they chat. And then we go off and adventure and slay dragons and go listen to grunge. <laughs> I actually talked about this in my panel and I thought it would be really cool if, if my character got taken in for thieving or something and then became an informant. I think that's a really cool use of Smee because that's how we first met Smee. He was like, he was a man who gets things. So um, I think that would be a perfect segue out of Eddie. Why did you look up? The gods. The gods. Are they up there? Well, Chris killed them. You didn't tell me they were here. They're here. They're right there. Yeah, so definitely an informant. Otherwise, go a stool pigeon? Yeah. I'd like to be like uh, Joe Pesci in Lethal Weapons. So I guess kind of like in a part of the like the wisecracker, we catch the night, call in the Bobby, sitting in the back seat, just having a good time. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, <laughs> they're in Seattle now, right? Yeah? Well, Seattle Light. Seattle Light. Lights. I'm thinking like a sleepless in Seattle thing, you know, with, uh, with Prince Eric. Kind of a callback to Tom Hanks there. Um, sleep, like I've always wanted to do like a rom com, you know. I never, I never really could do romantic comedy. So some sort of storyline as I grew up, romantic comedy with Eric and, and Ariel in Seattle, and Eric's singing at the local jazz club, and he sees Ariel every night coming to the bar with Abby. <laughs> Captain Wise, just staring at him. <laughs> And he finally gets the courage to get up one night and, and walk over to Happy. You can sing at my brew pub. You should be singing at my brew pub. There we go. Be like Casablanca. That'd right? Be cool. You know what I mean? You'd be like, you could be like the bogey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works for you. Like tough guy. Tough guy. Listen to you. should be with you, pal. <laughs> Thanks. That would be fun. Thanks. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go, Rangers. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna hide behind this microphone now. My question is, what's your favorite character on Lost Platform? I already, I, for me, I, it's probably Rumble. Um, again, just rad, dark, everything that I mentioned before. Rumble. Grumpy. Thanks. Yeah, man. I, I mean, for me, it's got to be, I love playing my characters, no doubt about it, but uh, I, I think Lana's about the best. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that, I just, I've always been an evil regal. I love that she just rips hearts out. Um, 
and then she's really nice. Um, I think that's a that's a, a, a really great character, and you know, way to that, that's the writing on our show. And Rumpel's a great character. I I think especially like when, when you look back to the first season, um, all the characters like the most together characters in the story book world were the most messed up in the Storybrooke world, right? So the fairy tale characters, Snow was all messed up, Charming was all messed up, Grumpy, um, and I, I think that's really neat the way they wrote that, but that it stayed consistent with the evil queen, and it took her all those years to find, and then she ended up having to split in half, because she couldn't handle being good, and so she has like the duality of man covered, and, They've really done a great job in developing that character, and I, I, I think really I'm a huge, huge fan of both Lana and uh, her character. So that would be it for me, I would say. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, hey, I'm Renee, and I was wondering which song from the musical episode is your favorite, and why? Which episodes are favorite? Musical. Oh, the musical. The musical. Yeah. I love that musical. A song. I love, well, I'm down with the dwarf conga line, so what song was that one at the end there? They were all so much fun, though. Bex's song rocked, uh, the pirate song was great. Uh, I'm partial to that one. To the I was shocked, I mean, how much I loved that episode. It was so fun to film, and it was probably one of my favorite ones to watch. Yeah, I actually watched that one. <laughs> yeah. Like, why am I not singing it? <laughs> I want to see what it was all about. I love the opening. I love uh, Josh and Ginny in the beginning. I thought that was yeah. really cute to see them do that. Um, you know, and to know that they're an actual couple too just makes it even, even sweeter. Wow. Okay, we got time for like one last question. Thank you, Wild Crew. You guys did great. Which character do you think is the weirdest? <laughs> <laughs> Actor or character? Character. Henry? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter who we say, you get it around. <laughs> That's a tricky question. We... I'm just trying to think back like to all the kind of strange characters that came through that world, because there's been a few, you know? I mean, I'd say not weirdest, but one of the most interesting for me would be that Jiminy Cricket. Like, he's an, in, he's an insect, but he's a psychologist. So, like, what does that say about your local shrink, you know? Um, they really do. It's like that, that character to me, like, when he was the bug and we'd have to play scenes with the bug, that probably was the weirdest for me. It's like, I'd be where is that bug? Like, don't make me look like a terrible actor. Where's that green piece of tape? And the Mad Hatter, too, maybe? Yeah, the Hatter was... Just because he's supposed to be weird? Oh, yeah. And he became a superhero. Yeah. Which is weird. It's all about Mad Hatter as well. And I think weird in quotation marks, too, because, uh, I mean, we're all fairy tale characters, so there's something. I mean, I, the dwarves have weird ears and weird noses, and there's always something odd about everyone in our world. Weird's pretty good, though. I don't think that uh, weird. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you, Drew, the Wild Crew. Can we hear it for Chris?
We hope you enjoyed this exclusive audio recorded at Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time official convention 2017 in Whippany, New Jersey. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookeweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookeweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Jenna, please wish the listeners a good night. Listeners, have the best evening ever. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday and Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Our Tuesday show is our episode discussion, and our Wednesday show is our special spoiler edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Good night.